Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's a lot you do when you explore and travel like this by yourself that is out of your comfort zone. And you have to push mm-hmm. that sometimes. And you have to realize, okay, am I just nervous about this because I haven't done it or because I haven't been here before? Or, you know, like is the hair standing up on the back of my neck? Do I feel threatened even if, and, and the good thing about traveling solo is if you say to yourself, yeah, I really, really feel uncomfortable. You don't have to explain it to anybody. You can yeah. just get your car and drive somewhere else. You know, the biggest <laughs> argument you'll have when you solo travel is with yourself. So you always win one way or the other. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Dobro jutro, dobar dan, dobra večer. That is good morning and good day and good evening in Croatian because I'm on a boat in Croatia, right? now. And because I'm on a boat with a whole bunch of you guys on the first Jump Adventures group trip in two years, so grateful. I am calling on the support of someone else to help me produce this podcast episode. So if you caught the last episode with Sherry Ott, you will already know that we announced at the end that she would be officially hosting this episode. This is the first time we're ever trying this on Jump. So this is a milestone, guys. Big deal to be handing over the mic completely. But as we already know, Sherry is such a pro. She's an expert. She's been traveling the world for 15 years. She has already been on the show a handful of times to share her expertise with us. You may remember her talking about long distance hikes all around the world or the two-part episode where she gave us three destinations for each month of the year for where to go and when. And she's going to be your guide today. Um, So you guys can... Find her at ottsworld.com or on Instagram at ottsworld, O-T-T is her last name, ottsworld. And I have to thank Sherry because by her stepping up to the mic today, the show is being supported in a way that everyone wins. You get a rockin' episode. Sherry gets to host a podcast, which is something she's wanted to do for a long time. And I get to focus on being present with some of you in Croatia without taking a break from producing episodes. So win, win, win. I am stoked. For the first time in this podcast history, I'm handing over the mic completely, and I'm so excited about sharing this very special episode with you. This episode is sponsored by Marriott Bonvoy Travelers podcast about the journey. If you're looking for more travel inspiration or just itching to go on an adventure without ever leaving your home, 
you have to check out About the Journey. Each episode of About the Journey is an audio road trip along routes like Miami to Key West, Oahu's North Shore, or Southern California, or Wyoming's National Parks. The show is hosted by travel journalist Onika Raymond, whom you might know from the Travel Channel or her wanderlust-inducing Instagram. What I like about the show is that the episodes are short and sweet, offering a dose of inspiration that can fit into any schedule. And I think the title is so fitting because they do an incredible job at really capturing what happens on a trip, not just offering practical tips, which they do. But once you arrive somewhere, you meet local people and hear their stories and what makes them and their destinations unique. And that brings these places to life. It's educational and it takes you behind the scenes of the trip, which I think is a really great representation of an actual travel experience. It truly is about the journey. So if you're planning a road trip, definitely listen to any episodes that might be on your route because you will learn about hidden gems, local customs, and people and activities that you might not otherwise. And if you aren't planning a road trip right now, you can still find inspiration in the ways Onika interacts with people along the way, which might open you up to a similar, deeper experience on your future travels. So check it out. You can binge about the journey on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is also sponsored by Turtle Fur. Turtle Fur is on a mission to inspire an outdoor lifestyle by promoting socially and environmentally conscious living and creating comfortable products for every adventure and every adventurer. And we're going to hear from Kendra today for a peek behind the scenes at Turtle Fur. I love working for Turtle Fur because everyone's passionate about what they do and about helping people get outside. My favorite turtle fur product is the Chelonia 150 Bang Band. It's a headband and it works really for everything that I want to do in Vermont, whether it's go downtown Burlington or go out cross-country skiing, anything um, keeps me warm, covers my ears, and the best doesn't mess up my hair. So that's perfect. I really love working for a company that values things that matter in our community and our whole country. It's really rewarding to find ways that we can do better and make a difference in our community. You can learn more about Turtle Fur's giving initiatives and get yourself some cozy headwear at turtlefur.com. And they've graciously offered Jump listeners an exclusive discount. Use code JUMP20 at checkout to receive 20% off your order of $25 or more at turtlefur.com. Hello, Jump listeners. This is Sherry Ott, and I am doing my very first podcast interview. I'm really excited about it. And thanks to Jackie for that awesome intro. It was very humbling. Um, and she's right. You know, I've always wanted to be on the other side of a podcast. I'm actually very frequently the guest, um, but I've never been the host before. So this is going to be a little bit different for me. So I please ask you to be patient. Uh, this is my first time. Uh, but the important thing is, uh, I love trying new things. And so I actually believe that it keeps us all young, young at heart, whatever. Um, so, you know, here's to being young at heart and learning new things. So I hope you go out and try something new today, too. <laughs> so when Jackie and I talked about me co hosting, I knew right away who I wanted to introduce you to. So with the increase in van life and road trips, uh, thanks to the pandemic, I wanted to do an episode on car camping. And now, quite honestly, I didn't even know what car camping was before I met my guest today. Um, 
And I'm not just talking about car camping, but I'm talking about car camping solo. So you may know that I'm a big solo traveler uh, and I respect anyone who wants to go out solo, but solo car camping, that was for some reason that even had me like, Ooh, that sounds hard. Um, so I actually have an article on my, on my blog about my guest who we're going to be talking to and her adventures in solo car camping. And out of the thousands of articles on my blog, it's my most read blog post, which is pretty surprising. I love it. Um, so I figured this would be a really great topic. I met Vicki Hill because she had actually been a longtime follower on my blog and had been reading and commenting, et cetera. And we happened to be in Crested Butte, Colorado at the same time a few years ago. And she suggested that we meet for coffee. And I love meeting readers. So of course I said, yes. Um, and that's when I found out that she lives out of her car for about, I want to say two to three months of the year to hike and explore all over the United States. Um, I was absolutely astonished. And let me tell you, not many things astonish me. <laughs> and ever since then, I've actually been fascinated with her life. Uh, on that time when I first met her, I was so fascinated by it. I went to go see her Toyota 4Runner at her campsite uh, and learned all about how she does car camping. We went on hikes. I asked her a ton of questions. And meeting her actually inspired me to get a car that I could camp into for the future. So I'm so excited to welcome to the show, Vicki Hill. Thank you, Sherry. It's great to be here and share my favorite subject with everyone. Yeah, it's so great to talk to you. Vicki, where are you coming from? Where are you at right now? Oh, I am stuck at home <laughs> in the <laughs> West, outside of Kansas City, a little college town, Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. Um, so not too far from me. I'm, I'm in Denver today. So you know, we're somewhat close. <laughs> but first, I actually want to set the scene here. Vicki is not a millennial. She's not Gen Z or whatever the latest generation is. I'm not even sure. Um, Vicki is actually a grandma, a very young grandma, but she's still a grandma. She's married. Uh, Vicki, you still have a cat, right? I have two cats. Two cats. Yes. You've got I a. I don't like it when I travel, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you have a home. It's not like you have to live out of your car. <laughs> a home. I have a spouse. Um, yes. Danny is uh, super supportive of of who I am and my need to go. And um, so, yeah, I have I, I I have kind of a regular life back here in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird time to be in Kansas, if you ask me, but. It is, but it's kind of hard to go anywhere because I, I do have kind of a crazy fear of, of, of driving in snow. I've been caught out so many times and uh, everywhere I go in the winter, you know, I have to leave according to the weather. And then it's just, you know, it gets, it's harder when you car camp because it gets dark earlier. It's colder a lot of places. And so I feel a tiny bit trapped by winter. I just need to leave the country, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we were just we were just talking about Jackie in Patagonia prior to starting this recording. So there oh, you yeah. go. It's it's summer there now. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> so 
So, okay, you have a very conventional life and very normal life. So why are you out solo car camping all summer? Oh, because it's it's really where I want to be. It's what I love to do. It just uh, fills my heart up. I just want to get my feet on the trail all the time. And uh, we have so many beautiful places here in, in our country. And I'm, I'm kind of a West Coast girl, West girl, anywhere <laughs> uh, Colorado West. Um, is, um, it's just beautiful. So I love being on the road and exploring new places. And mainly I want to hike. I'm just an amateur photographer, but I do love to do that as well. So, uh, the West has so many beautiful places to explore. So yeah, rather be yeah. Than here. <laughs> <laughs> you like the mountains. I know that. Um, so tell us a little bit about your setup, your car camping setup. You have a Toyota 4Runner. How do you make this all work? And also kind of, I guess, because this isn't just for a night. You're out here doing this for months at a time. So how do you make this work? Yeah, this year I had uh, my longest trip was 77 days, but I have hardly been home since April. I think between taking a couple short trips to Florida to see my granddaughters, and then I took a big trip in the spring, a road trip to Utah. I think I've been gone like 130 days or something like that. I've I've been gone quite a while, but my setup is really simple, which I love that. Um, I have all kinds of friends that have trailers and RVs and, and, uh, I just, I love my little setup. I have a, I have a 2001 Toyota forerunner. So Mm -hmm. an old one, but it's a third generation and there's a whole sort of cult third generation cult. So, um, I love the size of this one and the simplicity of it. So kind of in a nutshell, if you want to, you're asking like exactly kind of how it's set up. Is that what you wanted to know? Yeah. Like how do you, yeah. I pulled my my back seats out, which were really easy to do. And, um, so they live out of my car and I felt like I had a whole new room when I pulled those out (laughs) and I'm short, I'm five, two. So it's not like I need a ton of room, but essentially Behind my driver's seat, running from the driver's seat to the back of the hatch, um, is my bed. And I didn't do a build out or anything. I just took lots of fluffy stuff I have at home. Like in the winter here, I sleep under a king down comforter. Well, well, in the summer, I fold it in half and put it in the forerunner. And that makes up part of my bed. So I have three or four things that are fluffy, including a couple of sleeping bags and a little quilt I made to put on top. And, and a couple pillows and that makes up my bed. So that's half of the back on the other half of the back behind the, behind the passenger side mm-hmm. is, um, I have it like two plastic drawers directly behind the, the, uh, passenger seat. And that's yeah. my kitchen. And so my food stays in there, my dry food, and then my pan and pot and stove and coffee bag and stuff like that. And then behind that sits a couple of duffels. I have a winter duffel uh, that sits on the bottom and it has like my super warm, it's really cold outside clothes. And then on top of that, in packing cubes in a bigger duffel, I have the rest of my clothes and a mm-hmm. shoe tray that stands up behind that, that has a bungee cord, holds all my shoes. And then behind that at the very end is my cooler. And so, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty simple setup. 
you know, I have things, I've been doing this long enough um, that I have certain things set a certain way, you know, where my atlases go, I carry a laptop. So it's not just those things, but that's the basis of how it's set up. And it's, it's very simple. And I have a Thule road box that I carry sometimes, but I don't carry it all the time. Um, so I I love it because my forerunner it's four wheel drive and I can pretty much go anywhere that I'm comfortable driving. And, um, yeah, super simple. That's uh, you make it sound like spacious (laughs) in a way. Um, but I've seen it. And in fact, I will put a link in the show notes. Um, I think once Vicki, when you were here, I did a whole like little video because people wanted to see, wanted to visualize this space. So we went through and kind of showed it all to people. And so I'll put a link into that so people can help visualize that. Um, And I do like my space in it. I'm really picky about what comes in and goes out. Like I, you know, I do have twinkle lights. (laughs) I do carry a travel hula hoop, but I try not to carry a lot of extra stuff and I ne- I don't cover my windows. Um, generally I have bug screens if I need them, but a lot of people use the reflectics to cover their windows at night. And I don't, mm-hmm. I love to look out at the night sky. Uh, the forerunner that generation has huge windows. And so I want to be able to see out every one of my windows all the time. So yeah, it, I, I don't want to feel cramped in it at all. So I feel like it is spacious for a tiny space. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I uh, And it's true. You know, you said that you didn't do a build out. Um, you know, when I was looking at getting my car, I actually got us an old Subaru Forester. I think it's a 2016. Um, and like you just Google this and, you know, car camping in a whatever Forerunner or a Subaru Forester 2016. I mean, and you will see so many videos and information about how to build out for car camping. It is a whole world that I didn't even know existed. Um, so if you do want to get like fancy with it, you can, but you can also be really simple, like like Vicky's doing, really. Um, and it also kind of, I actually did do a, a very simple build out. It wasn't even really a build out. My brother-in-law helped me with we created a little, like a, it's like a sandwich board that you would see outside a coffee shop um, that folds in half. And then we have a little four by four or a little, uh, what do I want to say, piece of wood that basically helps flatten the back out because I don't want to take out my back seats. So lots of times when you don't take out the back seats, you get this little, you know, I don't know, slant to sleeping. And so basically I just made it so that I could flatten it out and sleep on that, um, if I wanted to. So, but it sounds like all of your stuffing kind of makes you nice and flat. Well, yeah, I have a tiny bit of a gap there and I had an old, just cell phone, uh, backpacking mattress and I just folded it in half and it, but it's mine is so fluffy that actually down by my feet, I store a a table that, you know, folds down and lays flat and a flat chair, one of those crazy camp flat chairs Mm -hmm. and it stores under my bed on the bottom and I never feel it. And it's great to, you know, you, you have to learn to use every tiny bit of storage and, and to duplicate your gear, you know, that it works for more than one thing. Oh my gosh. This, this reminds me so much of living out of my suitcase because it's the same thing, but yet 
you know, you just have a small place and everything has to go back in the right place and so on. So very similar to that if you've done long-term travel in a way, but yet in your car. Um, so wait a minute though, you talked about like your kitchen and your so-called closet. Um, what about a bathroom? What do you do? Um, I have that really simple too. And, uh, <laughs> it's a big deal to a lot of people, you know, buy, buy like these big, huge portable toilets, but I don't, I have this little, uh, $2 collapsible bucket and I, um, I set it outside of my car. So in the middle of the night, when I need to get up and pee, I don't have to like traipse off to an appropriate place in the woods in the middle of the night. I just get up and uh, step outside my car and take care of business. And then in the morning when I need to, um, you know, before I leave, I go dump that in, in an appropriate spot. I, I do follow leave no trace principles. I think that's really important in the kind right. of I do because I do disperse camping. And so there are appropriate places to put that. And um, I even figured out I have these little ceramic magnets that stay uh, kind of by my back door. And I have a picnic blanket that I've always carried in my car that folds up, you know, in one of those nice little squares. Mm -hmm. And if I need to do something during the day, and I don't have any other facilities um, at a trailhead or whatever, then I can just magnetize that picnic blanket to my opened back door and to the side of the car. It covers and I take care of business and do that the same way. So um, yeah, that's what I do if I have to pee in the night. (laughs) It's a big deal. You have to figure that out. And, uh, but it's, Again, you can make it as difficult or not. And I'm pretty flexible. I have a pretty flexible body as far <laughs> as small spaces and, you know, but it's just a little bucket. And then, you know, I, I take that bucket in the morning after I've emptied it and it kind of becomes an area. I have a little Nalgene bottle that has a little bar of soap tied on with a little net and I wash my hands and all that kind of uh, that water goes into that bucket. So it kind of cleans that out too. And, uh, yeah. And I may have lower standards than a lot of people, but (laughs) I'm living outside. And uh, so anyway, yeah, it's not a big deal. I think that's great. And you actually touched on something there. You, you said you dispersed camp, which is normally means that there's not always a toilet facility around. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how do you find places to camp or dispersed camp? Because you're not always staying in, uh, what do I want to say, like proper campsites, right? Oh, I rarely ever stay in in like a camp in a campground. So dispersed camping is camping on public lands like uh, Bureau of Land Management. Some people, you know, it's BLM land, um, national forests. Uh, and, and it's, it varies between different properties, but, uh, there are tons of places to go and camp that are like, you know, a spot in the forest and nobody's around you and you have a lot of room. You get very spoiled by it because not only is it free, but it's usually beautiful. You don't have people right next to you. Um, and you know, you have to take care of that, you know, leave it better than you found it. And there are rules that you follow, uh, about dispersed camping. 
And, you know, there's pros and cons to it. A lot of people, sometimes I don't know. I mean, most of the time when I travel, I have no idea where I'm going to camp. And sometimes, you know, once in a while you get in a bind where, you know, you can't find a place. Uh, you don't have it like a camp host and a paid campground. So if somebody's, you know, blaring music at one o'clock in the morning or, or running their generator all night long, there's nobody to tell them to stop doing that. Um, so you have to be, uh, flexible and fluid with all of that. And sometimes I struggle with that, but this helps me do that because that's the way I want to camp. And, you know, I like state parks are beautiful and there's national forest campgrounds that are beautiful, but for, but, um, sorry about that, but, um, um, but you also, I mean, it's becoming so popular to camp now that, um, you know, a lot of those places, not only is it expensive to stay there, but it's, you have to have reservations and, and I, Travel is very fluid and flex. I mean, you know, I change my mind all the time. I mean, it's a great thing about Soho travel is, you know, um, I'll be headed one direction and somebody will say, oh, there's a hike over this way. Or one time I drove a hundred miles to, to, to hear this author that, that I follow (laughs) and he was doing his, you know, book release and it was a magical time. And so I don't like to be blocked in by reservations, but yeah, the dispersed camping, um, there's a lot about that online. There's different websites, uh, Facebook groups about it. And, um, but it's the way I absolutely love to camp and, you know, 95% of the time it works great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But oh, well, you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is great advice anyway, for anyone who travels, like you have to be flexible, you know, things change, whatever. So it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. (laughs) Um, Yet it does make me always a little nervous. The few times I've done it, it makes me a little nervous to do dispersed camping, mainly because I do wonder about like, there's no, lots of times there's no toilets or whatever, or who else is here, um, et cetera. But I do think it's like anything, you need to get a few times under your belt to get comfortable with it. And then you're good to go. Um, so, and is there, um, do you use any apps or anything like that to find the dispersed sites or how do you know where to go? Yeah, there's, there are, there's several on there, freecampsites.net. I don't think it's an app. I think it's a website. It's probably the most popular, um, that you can use. And, um, and it's right about 90% of the time because, you know, just people are, posting coordinates and telling you information and sometimes mm-hmm. land closes, you know, when people leave a bunch of trash and junk around uh, Forest service or BLM will close a property. And that's why it's so important to keep it nice. And everybody I know that does this way of camping, which most of my friends that I know that travel do this way of camping, we all carry trash bags and we've all run yeah. into a campsite where somebody has just totally trashed it. And you know, you suck it up and pick it up and, uh, it makes you angry. And then you've left a beautiful site and you've been able to stay in a beautiful site. And so we need to keep all of that, you know, clean and, and nice, but, um, yeah. So freecampsites.net there's, there's other ones out there. That's probably the one that, that I use the most, but you know, you can, 
kind of once you start doing it, you know, when you are driving through a forest and I Mm -hmm. do like to try to find camping before it gets dark, Mm -hmm. um, you can kind of drive down forest roads and you'll see spots off to the side. You know, you don't want to create a new spot. But on the other hand, you know, I am just in a car. I'm not towing and it's, um, you know, I can pull off and park. And a lot of times I do not build a campfire, uh, you know, out, out West. It's just, it's just too whippy. And sometimes I'll pull out a chair, but sometimes I just need a place to stay for the night, you know? Uh, and so I lock myself in. And the other thing about car camping that's nice is, you know, a couple, there's been a few times I've just been creeped out by a place, you know, yeah. I'll get there and I'll think, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden it's just like, hmm, why am I not comfortable here? There's nobody around or there's somebody around you <laughs> one way or the other. And, um, and so, you know, I just leave if my, my bottom line with anything is if it's not, uh, if I'm not going to, you know, be comfortable enough to try to get a good night's sleep, then I'm not going to stay. Now, having said that, there's a lot you do when you explore and travel like this by yourself that is out of your comfort zone. And you have to push mm-hmm. that sometimes. And you have to realize, okay, am I just nervous about this because I haven't done it or because I haven't been here before? Or, you know, like, is the hair standing up on the back of my neck? Do I feel threatened even if, and, and the good thing about traveling solo is if you say to yourself, yeah, I really, really feel uncomfortable. You don't have to explain it to anybody. You can yeah. just get car and drive somewhere else. You know, the biggest <laughs> argument you'll have when you solo travel is with yourself. So you always win one way or the other. So I bet you've gotten into some really big arguments with yourself. <laughs> of course I have, you know, you know, I love to talk. And so when you solo travel, you're just by yourself. So yeah, I do that a lot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And it is so true. I mean, I love what you said about pushing yourself a little bit. Um, because sometimes it is, it's just that we need to push to the other side of the fear. It's just fear of trying something new. Um, and when we get to that other side, it's always, always worth it. Um, but you also do have to listen to your gut on, am I, am I being threatened kind of thing? Um, so very good advice for any solo traveler, whether you're car camping or just traveling in Europe or wherever. So, and the good thing about car camping is, you know, um, I have never had to do it, but I've always known that, you know, I could just climb up in my front seat and drive away. You know, I, I, I have a habit that I don't leave unless I'm at a site for multiple nights, which then I will put up, throw up a little backpacking tent that holds your site for you while you're off hiking or whatever. Um, but Typically, if I'm just somewhere for a night, I, I kind of make it a habit to not leave anything out. Like I don't leave my chair and my table out. And part of that's, you know, if I would need to drive away in the night, most of that's just, I don't want dew on it and crud on it, you know, from overnight. Don't want my mm-hmm. chair wet in the morning and stuff like that. But I do make that habit. And, and I've always, you know, it's kind of just a little safety feature you keep in your back pocket that you could get in the front. And once in a while, I... I mean, I am, you know, uh, aware of the way I park. So sometimes Mm. I don't want to be blocked in, but I'm also a stargazer. And a lot of times that wins out of, oh, I'm going to lay in my bed and look at the stars. So I want to point my forerunner this way or, 
you know, I have this view of the mountain and, and sometimes I, when I sit in the back of my forerunner, if it's sprinkling or raining or a little snow or something, and I open up that, that hatch, I bring out that little flat camp chair and put it in the back, set it on the end of my bed. And I call that the lounge. <laughs> and, um, so I can sit back there. If the weather's just a tiny bit foul and stay dry. So a lot of times uh, where that faces, you know, I want to face the view or I want to face where I think the wildlife might walk by or something like that. So a lot of times that wins out over not being blocked in, but I've, I've never had to, you know, never had to get in my car and, and feel out. (laughs) Okay. So I've got to ask kind of, you've been talking a little bit, we've been talking about safety and so on, but I'm sure that that's probably, I would guess, one of your most frequent questions you get, especially from other women, you know, like, do you get scared camping out in your car alone? Um, how do you, how do you answer people? Well, the first question I get is, do you carry a gun? And I do not. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm amazed at the amount of people that do, but I don't, I don't carry wasp spray or anything like that. I carry bear spray when I'm in grizzly territory hiking, but I I would be hesitant to use it in my car. You know, it's got a big blowback, so it would kind of paralyze everybody involved in a situation. (laughs) So no, I, I have been very fortunate that nothing's happened. Um, but I do kind of listen to my gut and I leave when I really don't like a situation. And I've been scared a couple times. Uh, nothing came of it. It gave me an opportunity to think of plan B. What would I do if this situation progresses? Um, but, you know, I, I don't let it stop me. And mm. I, I don't know. I don't want to be, you know, you do have to take safety into consideration and being Mm -hmm. a woman is different. I mean, let's face it. The thing I'm most afraid of is not wild animals. It's, you know, bad men and attacked that way. And, um, yet I'm not going to let it stop me and I'm going to listen to myself and still push myself. And, um, but you know, the things that really scare me as a solo traveler really aren't about being attacked or things like that. It's like breaking down on a backcountry road, having no cell service, you know, car trouble really freaks me out. And I get really nervous if I'm driving in like really foul weather or in deep sand and, you know, things like that really are a more, not not even day to day, but that's what I think of more than I do like my personal safety. I do lock my doors at night when I'm camping, but if it's a beautiful night, I'll, you know, one benefit about having a 20 year old car is you can just reach up and pull up the lock and (laughs) open one door and not have any alarms go off. And I'll leave my door open and take, you know, take advantage of the beautiful weather out in the, you know, night sky. So it is something you think about and I do get asked a lot about it, but there are so many women out there, particularly around my age doing this Mm. by themselves that, um, you know, I think people that aren't doing it feel like it's really a terrifying thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, my family doesn't want me to do this. Or I told them I might try this and they're all freaked out. You know, you need to, 
I think with a lot of things in life, go to people that do that, go to people that Mm -hmm. are already to get advice. And women are so sharing and giving with advice and helpful. They want to see you succeed in it. And, um, and especially when you talk about travel like this, they love it. We we all love to talk about it. So go to hit that source up. If you want to know details about things or how Mm -hmm. they deal with it, it's much different how they deal with it than people that never actually leave their home. So uh, if people want to try it, yeah, find a source. Um, There's, there's tons of women doing it that yeah. are still in my age. It's so true. For, okay. So I have a couple of questions that come out of that and I can't agree with you more. First of all, like you just, there are always going to be people that think that it's crazy or whatever. Um, and you do have to find your, I always say, find your own cheerleaders, find the people who think it's a great idea <laughs> and hang around them. Um, but so in that you mentioned people my age. Can I ask you what your age is? I'm 63. Wow. I didn't even know that. I want to be 40, but (laughs) my kids are 40. So now I'm 60. Oh my God. I can't even believe that. Um, Wow. That's impressive. And what an inspiration for women any age really, but I think that's really great. So so you say there's a lot of women out there doing it. Um, Do you have like a favorite Facebook group or, or something like that, that are women car camping, you know, where people could find their cheerleaders if they're interested in this? Yeah, there is a Facebook group called solo women, car campers and travelers. Um, Hmm. And so it's nice because um, some are on the road full time, some are not. Um, And, and some of it's camping, some of it's international travel, you know, Mm -hmm. and just I, I, that's why I love social media. I mean, I have made so many friends over the years in my travels, and it keeps us in touch. You know, we're frankly mm-hmm. not going to text each other all the time or email each other. And I love to follow their travels and um, see what they're doing. But a group like the Facebook group, they're really great because somebody will post, "Oh, I got this new piece of gear," or you know, "I had this problem come up, and this is how I found the solution for it." And, and then you, you do get newbies on there that are like, I'm afraid to do this, but what, what should I do? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and they'll be great about it. And so, um, yeah, I think they're, they're helpful. There's boondocking, you know, boondocking is camping without hookups and things like that. So you can Walmart parking lot and stuff like that, but there's boondocking groups that it kind of overlaps then into some dispersed camping as well. Cause you technically are docking when you are on a dispersed campsite, you know, but, um, cause you don't have hookups or anything, yeah. but, um, so there's boondocking sites. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of information out there about that. Okay. And we'll definitely put the links in to this Facebook group that you mentioned, as well as some of the, like the free campsite.net. So people can check those out themselves. Um, so Tell me, I know we alluded to, let's get to the fun stuff. We alluded to hiking uh, and that you really love to hike. So what is your typical day like car camping? Well, I generally uh, wake up when the sun comes up and get up and uh, put out my table and make a cup of coffee. I have a little backpacking stove 
and I'm a coffee drinker. So I make my cup of coffee and then I pack it all up and drive to a trailhead because that's my goal is to try to hike every single day. Okay. And so I will drive to a trailhead and spend time hiking. And sometimes it's four miles and sometimes it's 12 miles. Sometimes it's two, four mile hikes. So it just depends on where you're at and the weather and how all that goes. And then, um, a lot of days because I hate to cook, whether it's at home or in camp, uh, and I'm a, I hunt good beer. So a lot of times if I'm in a place where I can drive to a little local town nearby or something, then I'll go and, and eat out, you know, and I'll do mm-hmm. that around two or three o'clock. Uh, and that way, you know, it's not busy. I can take my time. I like to sit at a bar if it's a brewery or, or a burger joint or something. And I, I eat a lot of burgers. I, I love burgers. So, <laughs> well, if you hike that much, you can. <laughs> yeah, never, I never do fine dining. Well, I go to so many breweries and if you ask them yeah. what's the best thing on the menu, they usually always say it's our burger. So, um, anyway, so I'll be there and then I'll come back to camp. And if I am not near a space and I have to cook in camp, then I go back to camp after my hike and, and eat, you know, in camp. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I love to spend the evening, you know, sitting out, see if there's wildlife that strolls by, or mm-hmm. I love to read. I'm a huge reader. So I will read, um, you know, I talk to my family when I'm gone. So I have, uh, three kids and two granddaughters. And, and my spouse and I talk to him, you know, multiple, a couple times a day usually. And, mm-hmm. um, so I'll do that. And then I tend to go to bed pretty early, you know, I'm not building campfires as much anymore. And so I will kind of go to bed when it gets dark, or at least get in the forerunner and read some more in there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm tired. I go to sleep. So I kind of have a cycle with the you know, the, the sun and the moon and, and, ah. and I love it. I, I really miss that when I come home, I crawl in my bed and people are like, Oh, aren't you so happy to be home? And I'm like, well, actually I have to walk down the hall to my toilet. <laughs> instead of just out my Actually my bed and my forerunner has a view of the stars. And I know, I my head. So no, not really. But. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that is great. Um, wow. Yeah. I agree. The whole, like, that's my favorite thing about camping in general, whether it be in a car or a tent is the whole cycle with the sun. Um, there is something really, I don't know, comforting or beautiful about it, I guess, natural about it really. Natural. Yeah. It just kind of fits the way. And I, you know, I love being gone for so long because it does bring you down to what do you need? You know, yeah, I need a little bit of food, but I need water and I need to be careful about the amount of water that I use, you know, and, and then you're just surrounded by this beauty all the time. And yeah, sometimes the hiking's hard and sometimes, you know, the weather sucks, but you know, it's just overall, it's just, I don't know. I just love it and I can't get enough of it. I can tell. I can tell. And I agree. It's, it's like anything outdoors. I think, you know, and, and especially when you can do that outdoors things for multiple days or weeks or whatever, um, it's only then where you're kind of able to really like sink into that environment. Um, I think personally, having done some very long journeys like the Camino de Santiago, that's the same thing I would have said about that, which is like, 
it simplifies your life. You're, you're eating, um, sleeping and walking and that's it. And sometimes we need that simplification. Um, I think it's interesting, you know, with COVID, obviously, I think it sent more people outdoors and hopefully, um, I, I know it sent more people car camping and like van life for sure. I mean, those places were, I mean, I think you even said the campsites and stuff were much busier than they have been in the past and so on. So funny. It was, there were a lot of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great. I love to see new people to the outdoors, but you're right. Also with like all the stuff on leave no trace, some people have to just kind of have to learn how to be outdoors sometimes. So it's good that people like you are out there helping people learn. Um, so let's see, what are your, I would say like, what are your top tips for like easing into this? If you're, if you're someone who's interested in this, but maybe a little bit um, nervous about it because solo car camping can, you know, be a little bit, you can have some nerves about it. So is there a way to ease into it? Do you have any tips for that? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I think it's, you know, it's as easy as you want to make it. And it's just like, have a vehicle. And there's almost every, there's probably a YouTube video (laughs) on every vehicle people want to sleep in there, but you don't even need that, you know, figure out a way, a place you have the most room in your car. You don't have to figure it out for the rest of your life. You just have to figure it out for the first couple of trips, throw everything soft and fluffy in there and a couple pillows you know, you want to make sure that you have like your, your car is, you know, you've got oil in it and it's ready to go. And you've got to be safe like that. Like I, I, I don't carry a gun, but I carry tools with me, you know, and I carry <laughs> air pump and I carry a starter that I can jumpstart my car if I'm in the back country alone. And, you know, so I have those safety things. So you need to make sure you have like a, a, a vehicle that's in decent shape. But I would say for starting out, you know, throw some stuff in, in a bag for your kitchen. You know, I had a backpacking stove and that's what I use. It's just Mm -hmm. a small one or borrow one from someone to start. But I would say just, you know, you need food and water and have an idea of where you want to go, but start close to home. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to travel across the country and go to a state park. If you're just kind of want to check your setup and you don't want to maybe disperse camp yet, go to a state park. They're great about car camping. You know, a lot of campgrounds don't like car campers. So like in Florida, there's a lot of places if I wanted to spend the $60 a night and make a reservation a year and a half in advance, they wouldn't allow me to be there, but not their state parks. Yeah. Um, not their state parks. And so state parks, uh, you know, community parks, whatever that allow camping, that's a great place to start and just go there. You know, we don't in Kansas, we have very little public land camping. We have very little Mm. public land. And so it would be hard to start out here, but we do have state parks and, and Corps of engineer parks and things like that, that you can start at. So if you're wanting to test your setup and wanting to see if, okay, can I just sleep in my car comfortably then, then go to a, you know, a nice little state park or Corps of Engineer campground that's, you know, maybe an hour away or 30 minutes away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And try it that way and don't invest a lot in, in gear and things like that because it changes. You know, I've been, I've been solo camping for, I don't know, 16 years or something, but I've been car camping for eight or nine. And, uh, you know, 
at this point, mine doesn't, it, the setup doesn't change a lot, but every year I do tweak something, you know, and mm-hmm. find something that works a little bit better. And you'll, you'll do that. So I would just say, start with what you have or what you can borrow, go a little ways away from home and see how the night goes, you know, see how the day goes, the hiking, yeah. and then just go farther and do a little more and tweak it as you go. And, and, you know, just enjoy it. And you're right when you said earlier that the first few times, you know, it's going to feel different. It's going to feel, you know, you're going to have times you're going to hear a noise, you know, yeah. what that noise? Oh no. Is that somebody trying to get in my car? Or is it, you know, a bumblebee outside because you don't know how those noises sound that's foreign mm-hmm. to us, but you know, hopefully you'll love it. You'll get like me and you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be at home. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Start little. You don't have to have some giant build out and all the fancy equipment. There is a huge market for it out there. So there is a lot of things that you can buy, but I agree. Just start simple. And even when I rented a camper van last summer, um, I started out just like you said, I started out in like pay camping sites just because I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. This is a little odd. Every night I was out, I got more confident and I got less worried about sleeping. And I slept better, actually. Um, to the last few nights, I was doing dispersed camping. So, you know, it's start little, get baby steps, get some wins and keep going, hopefully. You well, mentioned, oh, go ahead. Just know at some point, even a seasoned, somebody who's done it a lot, there are still nights once in a while that I'm like, no, this is not going to work, you know, or or no, even it has happened with trails, not just parking, you know, Mm -hmm. there's been a couple of times I've gotten on a trail and I'm like, woo, I got the heebie-jeebies. I don't really like this. Why? And I look around, you know, I'm listening or whatever, but the bottom line is if I'm going to, every step I take is going to, I'm going to really feel freaked out. Just turn around and go back and find another place, you know, do it yeah. another day. And so, um, but it is good to push yourself. And like I said, you know, you'll probably be fortunate enough to meet other women just like you. And, and, and then you've made a friend and you've said to somebody, okay, this happened. You know, I, I wasn't sure what to do about it, or I maybe am short this piece of equipment. What, what do you do when, you know, you need this or whatever. And and you know it'll 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 work. Or I mean, once in a while, I'm sure it won't. I'm sure there's people who try it that <laughs> don't like it. But um, you know, yeah, that's probably. But you got to try it. You got to try it to know if you like it or not. Yeah. So, um, real quickly, speaking about equipment, um, first of all, I have a quick question. Do you take a a way that you can keep in touch with people? Because cell phones aren't always working where you, where you're at or where you're camping. I do. I have a Garmin InReach Mini. Okay. Um, I used to have another. I used to have a Spot, but I I went to this one, and so it's a satellite. Uh, they call them PLBs, Personal Locator Beacon. Mm, so okay. I can do live texting. I have the basic plan, and um, I can turn it on and off the plan. You know, mm-hmm. when I use it. So like right now, the plan is off. I, um, but yeah, it lets me live text so I can live text uh, Danny, like to mm-hmm. say if I like this year for the first time, I 
well, not for the first time I fell, but I fell oh. a lot, but for the first <laughs> time I fell and I was really worried that I might not be able to get myself out of a situation. Oh, so I yeah. had that. So if I, if I would have needed it, I could have either live texted him and says, here, here, where I am. Could you please get a hold of, you know, the local search mm-hmm. and rescue or whatever and get me. Or there's a red button on it that I hope I never have to press. And it's like, things are really, really serious and I need help and yeah. um, like helicopter help. And so yeah. I have that. Um, but the live texting feature is really nice um, because you know, for instance, we used it in a backward way. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was 17 miles down a dirt road, no service. I was camping, mm-hmm. getting ready to do a hike the next morning. And we had had a tornado here back in Kansas that mm-hmm. had uh, caused a lot of damage close by to our friends and stuff. And so he was texting me, when you get into service, your phone is going to blow up. People are worried about us, uh, you know, worried about uh, our farm and stuff like that. So I want you to know we're I'm okay. The house is okay. You know the right. and stuff like that. So we kind of used it in a backward mode that way. It's, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a great fe- feature to have, and yeah, and I think it's um, I think it's really smart. I won't say everybody needs it, but I think it's a really smart backup thing to have when you're out by yourself. Yeah, I think about it also for just even solo hiking. I mean. Yeah. I love to yeah. hike. I'm not, I don't always love to hike solo, but I've done it. But I feel so much better if I have something like that, just in case. And you're oh, yeah. alone for hiking, days at a time. So Yeah, hiking is really almost where you need it more than the camping because you're, camping, right. you're in bed. But hiking, you're out there, you know, with with all the elements and and that's probably where you can get in trouble more. So You're right. You're right. Well, this is great. And, you know, speaking of gear, uh, we didn't really, well, we mentioned a few pieces of gear here, but as I mentioned, I have a blog post where I interviewed Vicki a few years ago that's really popular. And one of the things we did on that blog post was I had Vicki send me her whole list of gear. Um, and we put that list of what she uses on the blog post. So I'll, I, I'll make sure that I, um, add the link there so you can see that if you have questions about that. And the beautiful thing is she sends me updates to it every so often. (laughs) So you sent me some updates. I know last year to some of your new gear that we put on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, and there's a lot of uh, additional information on that blog post that uh, that'll potentially be helpful, but Man, this has been really, really cool to be able to interview you and to introduce you and your car camping lifestyle and answer these questions, I guess, for people who might be interested. Um, so tell us, where can people find you? Well, How can I'm people on, follow along? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at V-I-K.H-I-L-L, Vic Hill. Mm-hmm. And um, then I have a website uh, called tripscribbles.com. Great. How, and you update that pretty often, don't you? Um, I do. I have, um, I update, it's got all my trips on there. And then Great. I have a little blog along called In Between. And uh, it's for when I'm stuck at home, like now. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the in between. Nice. I'm in between. <laughs> this is when I take my time 
to read others, you know, I'm following podcasts or blogs or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, people that are still hiking the PCT or whatever, you know, so I'm, I'm becoming a armchair traveler, right? When winter sets in for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing also, I will also add about Vicki and check out her blog. Um, she is, she has so many amazing hikes to share. Uh, and she's an, I will say she's an expert on Crested Butte, Colorado. Um, I've been hiking with her a number of times out there and she knows that place really well. But uh, if you have questions about hikes or stuff like that, she's a great resource um, and very fun to hike with. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way about you. It's it's fun. You know, I, I hike by myself most all of the time. I mean, Danny will come out with me for about a week uh, summer. And um, so I, I love to hike with others. And um, yeah. I just want to get my feet on dirt every day. It's just, there's just something great about being outside. So I love that. Yes, absolutely. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and experience on car camping with, uh, with the audience today. And thank you everyone out there who has listened to my first podcast that I've hosted. Hopefully, um, (laughs) you know, like we said, everything. You have to keep on trying it and you get a little better each time and you get a little bit more confident each time. So please be patient with me as I uh, continue to learn about this whole new realm of, of sharing information. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in from wherever you're at today. Uh, make sure to check out the show notes for this. I'm going to put in all of these links of uh, how to follow Vicki, as well as some of the resources she mentioned and the blog post I mentioned with the gear list. So you can check that out. And um, we'll see you in the next episode. And actually, uh, Jackie will be back at it. Uh, she's in Croatia right now doing her uh, biking trip. But I know she's having a great time. So it should be really fun to hear from her again when she's back and hear all about the biking in Croatia. So. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining, and hopefully I will see you again soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.